I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. We're not you, fool! Jesus Christ! You're Puerto Rican? Yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. I'd appreciate it if we would use the term biblical. Rather than just using the word before, What's going on, mi gente? Welcome back to another episode of For Christy Cultura. Coming back with a with a hitter right here, with a banger right here, because we got the we got somebody that we've been wanting to have for a while, and he's finally here. But before that. My name is Jonathan Gonzalez, a.k.a. John the Presby, a.k.a. El Presbicano, a.k.a. Brown and Down, a.k.a. Speedy Gonzalez, a.k.a. El Chihuahua. Because soy, soy, soy chiquito, pero picoso. And I am here, as always, with my co-host. Caro, a.k.a. from the 305 but soon from the, I don't know what New York's area code, a.k.a. Pero Colombiana, a.k.a. Gospel Gangsta, a.k.a. Health Food Enthusiast, a.k.a. Kimchi on everything and everything on kimchi. And drum roll, please. We have the king of the a.k.a.s. The one, the only. The one and only. AKA generator on the spot. Yeah, on the spot generator. Please, please let us hear your voice, sir. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? This is whole sway straight from Philadelphia. AKA my kids in the background being loud. AKA the other ones upstairs crying. AKA I gained 25 pounds, but I lost 30, but so that's five pounds in between. AKA I love cheesesteaks. You already know what it is. It's Max. It's the best cheesesteaks in Philly. If you come down to Philly, better eat that Max. You already know. All right. Hey, yo. <laughs> Welcome back. Bro, we man. missed you, man. My man's. Miss you guys, man. Dang. So, bro, like right when you hopped on this, I was just so happy to see your face, bro, because it's been that long. Same. Dude, I, I stayed behind be, be behind the scenes thing. Heard your whole family get together. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Uh, I, like, I'm about to walk the dog. <laughs> so, like I said in the beginning, we are here with some real special, and uh, I'm gonna let him introduce himself. So, welcome to welcome to the living room, bro. Boy, Reverend Rudy Rubio of the Reformed Church of Los Angeles here in the city of Linwood, a.k.a. the Rev, a.k.a. the fool, the taco, even Mexican, a.k.a. the, <laughs> can I just go on my pronouns, like fool, essay, vato, homie, homeboy, <laughs> pastor, right? Este, glad to be with all my homies here from For Christ y Cultura. That's okay. right. That's right. See, dang. You, there, there it is, bro. That's the spirit right there. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to say, baby baptizing. Woo! Right, Hello, somebody. Right. And Hello, coffee somebody. drinker or whatever you drink in that mug. I'm drinking water, but look at the cup. I'm drinking water, but look at the cup. Praise Beautiful. God! I was with a couple of your your. Well, I don't. Yeah, they're members now with uh, with the dudes from Reform Rasa, and it was cool because yeah. because out of the blue, bro, we're just kicking it, you know. We're just kicking it, eating carne asada, like just hanging out. And then all of a sudden, like Julie pops up with a guitar, bro, and she starts playing it. And then everybody in unison just starts going like just does the doxology, bro. Just like out of, out of the blue, bro. And it was like the dopest thing, like the kids, like the, the wives, everybody, the guys, everybody was like singing that song, bro. Yeah, because every single one of our services, it ends with the doxology a cappella, you know? So it's just yeah. like everybody knows. You can't come to church and not sing the doxology. That's how we end our service every Sunday. So praise God. Yeah. From whom all blessings From go. From whom all blessings go. Woo! That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So before we start, we got a little icebreaker. Sway, you want to start that off? Yeah, so the icebreaker today is called What's on your playlist, right? So 
Babe, is, 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 is this is, is exactly what it is, right? We're, we're going to ask the question, what's on your playlist? And I want I want you to tell us what song is on your playlist and why did you choose that song? So, so um, God, I'm going to start with you. It's a roundtable yeah. thing. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, Ooh, so, it, so I, was, I thought this was just for Rudy. Let me get my phone. Okay. She's, she's like, let me get my phone. So the question is, if we were all to start a playlist, what would we, what song would we put, pick for that playlist? So I'm going to ask, what's your go-to, like, what's your go-to song, right? So what's your go-to worship song, Gato? Like, like, like you in the whip. What's your go-to worship song? Jesus, Thank You Jesus. by Sovereign Grace. Mm. Shout out to the Sovereign Grace homies. Buy right. <laughs> your perfect sacrifice, that one. I've been brought me. Okay. Okay. Yes. Rudy, what's your go-to song in the car? I got it. Like, so before it was Lord, I Need You, right? Mm -hmm. Or in Christ Alone. But lately, somebody put me up on Maverick City. And there's a couple of songs, bro, that just like, man, I needed to hear it. Like, Promises is one of them. Yes. You know? Yes. You're the God of Covenants. And it's like, oh, and it just keeps going and going. And it just really get lost in the song, man. So the Lord has ministered to me through that song many a time in the last few months. Yeah, shout out to Maverick City, man. Yo, their 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 marketing is official. They're like on every every other thing for me. Yeah, the, the theology on all their music, I wouldn't say is like a hundred percent to my approval, but like that song, it just it, it really ministered to me, bro. You know, don't slip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. John, what's your what's 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 your go to? What's your go to in the whip? You know what? You know what? I've said it on this podcast before, but I don't listen to worship music, bro. So I thought this whole question was was inspired by Rudy because he said, well, you quote, bro, that's your post. You, you say what you posted. I just said that my rotation on my on my music be like Sovereign Grace music, Biggie, Chalino Sanchez. You know what I mean? And and, and the Smiths, like it be going all over the place, bro. You know what I mean? And he's like, all I have is Tupac, like no worship music. Like, Come on, bro. John, the president. Have no, nah, nah, nah. I said, I said, I, I. My my playlist is the same, just without worship music. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just you know what? Like, I think I like. There is some songs that I that I used to like, but I haven't. I mean, I don't really bump it. You know, that's not. I don't know. That's not music I like listening to. You know, but I think because that you're, uh, used to, you're used to you're used to EP on Sunday. That's why. <laughs> nah, it isn't even that, bro. Like, if what's if, EP? Exclusive psalmody, where they oh. only sing songs. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, we don't do that. But yeah, if 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 I was to choose one, I would I would choose uh, "Sumer Geme" by mm -hmm. Jesus Adrian Romero. I think. I if, love did we it. sing it at Fire Nation? So, yes, we did. We did. Yeah, "Sumer Geme." En el rio de tu espíritu. Yeah, yep. Necesito refrescar. Oh, come on now. Yo, get in it. That's right. So, yeah. Yo, get in it. That'd be mine, bro. What's, Rudy, what's your go-to secular joint? Like, 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 like the, the, the one that, that gets you, yeah, this is it. <laughs> It's a mix, bro. I Biggie, Pac, you know what I mean? Like some Dre and Snoop. It, it depends. You're talking about his regular hip hop, right? Yeah, right, yeah. I try to listen. I try to listen to the the, the clean versions. You know what I'm saying? The radio version and stuff. Cause I yeah, try yeah. to like. I mean, but that music just takes me to another place, bro. You know what I mean? It, it, it it's reminiscing. It pumps me up. I even listen to it while I do my sermon. Sometimes some dude called me out one time on Facebook because I had a clip of like a Biggie song. It's like, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like. Hey. Miss, miss, Miss me with that, bro. You know, but, you know. I, I was actually I was geeking out on Monday with, with one of my coworkers about the music I was listening to over the weekend, and I was like, "This is one song. It's called La 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 Rebellion by by Joe Arroyo, right? Yes. And it, it, on a on a when you know the weather over here just broke, right? It was it was cold, and now it's like it's nice. And when this song came on, for some reason, I just wanted to just jump out of my car while the car was moving. I was just like, ah, this song is so good. <laughs> is that right? Christian or secular song? It, it's salsa. It, it's, it's, it's like 70 salsa called La Rebellion. And it's, it's, it's it basically it's recounting. It's, it's basically recounting African history in Colombia. And it's like, mm -hmm. 
Don't beat my woman. Slave master. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. That thing hit. So that's that's my go-to song. That's your go-to. Oh okay, I know this song. I know this song. <laughs> hey, tell me why we all did the same thing. That's right. Go to Christian hip hop song. I mean, the song that I really, really like. I ain't trying to promote that fool right now because he's. I don't know what's what song with him. Is that one song Retro Sunday by Ishan with oh, Braille? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, but my boy's on some other stuff right now. Yeah, man, he on that that wag Hebrew Israelite kick right now. It, it, it's it's weird because like he he hung around a lot of really solid dudes, and and I I, I honestly don't know what happened. It, it's 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 weird to me, man. Just just hearing his 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 stuff now. I, mm. I saw a video of his where he was explaining stuff. Yep. And low key, it seemed like his wife was taking the lead on some stuff. Like mm. she was the one running the interview. Like she was the one doing more of the speaking. Mm. And it made me wonder if she was the one that influenced, and he just kind of like went along with it. I don't know. Yeah, that was my take on that. That was my take on that interview. Yeah. What's the name of the song again? Retro Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I like I like it's that gonna song. Be, it's gonna be Sunday Sunday with a S O N. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I heard that interview too, bro. I think one of the most telling things about that interview is is he said that they hadn't been to church for over like years, bro. No discipleship, no yeah. accountability, no sin yeah. under anybody, and being instructed in the word. It was it was like a shockingly amount of of years. So, so I think that that right that's there. Why love, that's why I love Reformed Presbyterian government, bro. <laughs> All right, explain that, bro. Well, it's elder led. It's elder ruled, bro. You can't just. It's not up to just one person. You know, like that's the way it's it's set up. You know what I mean? Like right now, as well, the cat's already out the bag. We're transitioning out of our denomination. You know, we're leaving the Reformed Church in America, oldest denomination in North America, and we're going to be transferring into the URC, the United Reformed Churches of North America. And people are like, "Why don't you just remain independent?" Because that's not being reformed, bro. Like we need. I need to be held under somebody's authority. I need to sit up under somebody's authority. That if my theology goes whack, they can defrock me, they can discipline me, they can punish me. You know what I mean? They know such thing as as, as really my understanding as being an independent reformed church, you know, because the Presbyterian government means like you gotta submit to somebody else's authority and be held accountable. in the local church, whether it's a consistory or a session, on a bigger level in a presbytery or, or a classist meeting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think to break that down in, in simple terms, it's like it's like a council of pastors. That rule over each other and keep each other ac- accountable, you know. Yeah. With the same standard, everybody knows where where they stand on everything. And like mm-hmm. you said, if one of the pastors slips or starts doing some wacky, you know, somebody else could come in and pretty much call, check them. Call them on it. Yeah, call them on it, check them, yeah. and and make sure that the congregation isn't going down with with him. You know. Yeah. One of the things I love about the URC is they actually visit people's churches. So I can say I'm running the dopest church ever, but their elders actually we rotate and sit in on the churches to make sure things are being done in order. You know what I mean? And then back at the at the at the classes or the presbytery, I mean they give reports. You know, mm. so it's it's accountability. You know what I mean? That's good. That's real good. Yeah. yeah. So just right before we get into the meat of this, bro, let's t- tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're about, and tell us about, because you have a podcast too, bro, so tell no, us a little great. bit. So, Reverend Rudy Rubio, I am an ordained minister of Word and Sacrament. I helped plant the Reformed Church of Los Angeles here in the city of Linwood. We are now planting the Reformed Church of Los Angeles in the city of Wilmington. The Lord has drawn some very energetic and passionate men that we are discipling and training up, ready to plant other healthy, confessionally reformed churches, you know, our Orange County guys, our San Bernardino guys, and now even Alex Diaz, who was on staff in Chicago at Street Lights Church, will be planting through us in, in Phoenix, you know. I am also a chaplain at MLK Community Hospital in Watts. I'm also the chaplain for the L.A. Dodgers. What? That's right, LA, you know. Show! Um, able, able to influence some of the most influential men in the world with the Word of God. You know, I am a father. I am a husband. I am a grandfather, brother, friend, 
uh, cousin, nephew, all that good old stuff. But in the end, I'm just a servant of the Lord Jesus, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't care about titles or positions. I just want to disciple people. I want to help plant churches. I want to reach the community for, for the Lord Jesus with his gospel, that they would all understand what it is and what it that our faith in that is what we must believe in order to be saved, you know? Ran with the gang for many years, served close to 15 years in prison altogether, fled from the government, hiding in Mexico for five, six years, wanted by the DEA. I don't know what you want to know, shot seven times, stabbed 18 times, <laughs> beat two life sentences. Like, Dang. Yeah. You should come back for a God's fingerprint segment of For Crazy Cultura and share your story with, with us. Whenever you guys want. Yeah, yeah. Down. Yeah. We had. Uh, yeah, I wasn't here because somebody told me I was going to get paid with tacos, bro. That's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> I can Uber Eats them to you. Just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no excuse now with those. Yeah, yeah. I know the Houston, yeah. so you got to do it. Come on now. Oh. So that's dope, bro. And, and, and you have a podcast as well, right? So tell us about I that, do. bro. Hood Grace Podcast. I've been getting some big people lately, bro. I'm you have, bro. Like, you have. You so, know what I'm saying? So talk about I that. Doctor, I had Dr. So Hood Grace, pod, I, I got into podcasting with one of my homies, a black brother here from L.A. His name is Selah. And he had one called Grace and Two Fingers. It's, you know, Grace and Peace, you know. So mm. I had one of my white friends goes, hey, brother, what two fingers are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Not those, bro. It's the peace on the same hand. Grace and Two Fingers. And it got good, bro. It was like a black dude and a white, a black dude and a Mexican dude talking about, you know, what God is doing in the hood, you know. But then our schedules got crazy. We weren't able to keep doing it. But people kept asking me, like, hey, man, like, why no more podcasts? I was like, you know what? Maybe I should start my own. They were like, yeah, do it. So started it, called it Hood Grace. I mean, not as organized and structured as you guys. I just do it as a hobby whenever I get a chance. And because my schedule's so full, I don't always get a chance to do it. But lately, the Lord has been um, connecting me with, you know, a bunch of dope people. I had uh, yesterday Dr. Kim Riddlebarger, like Mr. Mm. Amillennialism himself. You know, before that, I had Dr. R. Scott Clark, Mr. Mm. Covenant Theology and Fatal Baptism himself. You know, before that, I had the homie Adriel Sanchez, you know, PTA guy, Court Christianity. Yep. And right yep. now, I'll tell you guys, I'm trying to get Dr. Michael Horton on before the end of the summer. So, Dang. I know, you bro. You will baptize your babies, Josue, by the time that you <laughs> By the time. <laughs> He'll be like, man, bring the water. Time in like <laughs> Bring the super soaker. Here we go. Have your wifey listening. Yeah. yeah. No, bro. I think that's super dope. I, I, I get excited when you have all those guests because personally, I see you kind of like the trailblazer for a lot of us you know i know you 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 mentioned earlier you know i don't care about the titles i don't care but i think for us like i do see you like breaking down doors bro for for us coming in all of us here a call right now we're we're, we're in the same circles you know and we're we're kind of yeah. jumping through the same hoops trying to get to similar places and uh, i see you doing it bro so that's why when i first when i first found out about you i think i was on youtube bro just randomly just on youtube And uh, you know how the, the YouTube videos have a suggestion box? Yeah. So one of the YouTube suggestions was the Reformed Church of Los Angeles, like, coming sooner. It was like your promo video for yeah, your church yeah, yeah. plant. And I was like, I was like, what, what the heck? Like, in the hood? Because it said, like, Compton Watts. I don't even know what it said, but I, it just caught my attention. I'm like, what? There's going to be? And then I seen, like, two brown dudes, bro, in the front. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I clicked on it. And bro, when I clicked on it, I was like, man, who are these guys? Like, this is this is what I'm talking about. See, like, this could be done. Like, I'm not the only one, you know? Like, I'm not the only one here. And uh, bro, it just it 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 really it really did something, you know? And then and then when I met you um for the first time, we you know, we clicked. Like if it's like if I had known you my whole life, bro. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, you also seen his wife follow a beautiful family. She was like, so where'd you meet him, babe? He's like, I met him online. Like, weird. You know what I mean? I, I met him online on the internet. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, it was weird. A lot of a lot of connections that I've had recently, bro, just been like weird like that. But it's been very fruitful and beneficial, bro. And 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 yeah. I want to and I want to thank you, uh, Rudy, like on the line right now because it was because of that interview that I did with you on Hood Grace interview, bro. Changed my life, man. Like. That it, it changed because you 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 questioned me and you 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 asked me about some stuff that I hadn't really thought about and you got my mind going 
and uh, you you motivate me to to start the podcast and then because you were doing it you know and then mm -hmm. and then p other people reached out to me that 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 knew you you know and then connected with me my life has not been the same since i went on that podcast bro it's wild praise god for that bro praise god for that. <laughs> the question i asked him was like why don't you put hot sauce on your tacos dude? like why you know <laughs> <laughs> nah, i put too much bro if there's if, if there's salsa roja and salsa verde bro i put both Iwak and guacamole bro that's how you do it that's how i do it bro all right i'm not even mexican and i do that that's right yeah if you ever come to L.A., Cato, we'll take you to our spot in Compton. Jonathan already knows. You too, Sway. Oh, she's got, they're coming because because uh, hopefully hopefully one day we're going to have a little conference and uh, some, some kinds of events in L.A. coming soon. <laughs> we'll hope you All right, bro. So the, the episode title to this conversation is called Gang Signs, bro. And uh, tying back to something that you said and then something that me and Sway have, have said on, on, on the show too is, you know, we, we all come from, our background has some kind of gangs involvement in it. And I think one of the things that I noticed in the beginning, especially when like, I guess I started becoming reformed is, is like the similarities between the two. And I thought, and I thought that I was like the only one that saw those similarities until I talked to you, I think. And then, and then I think you had D.A. Horton or somebody on your show and you guys were talking about the similarities with, with gang culture and like church culture, like how in the church you have like initiation and in like gang life, you have initiation. You got like these things like community, right? Like gangs serve as being the community. Church is a community, you know? You yep. see, you see these 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 similarities, and that just kind of birthed this episode because I was thinking, I was like, yeah, man, like I want I want to be able to to talk about the similarities and and to connect the two, you know? Yeah, I, I remember speaking at the Legacy Conference down here, and you were there, weren't you? Yeah, I was I was there twice. You were in my workshop, but anyway, that's a whole other story. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nah, bro. But you didn't have a workshop that time. Give me, I'm giving you a hard time. Oh, okay, okay. Time. But I remember I spoke at one of them, and I remember I was talking to a bunch of white folks and Asian folks that were there. I'm like, don't be so quick to discount or discredit the gangbangers. You know what I mean? Like, we, the church can learn from them. And they were like, huh? Like, what do you mean? You want to talk about discipleship? You know, in mm -hmm. a gang? You want to talk about evangelism? Oh, you will know whose neighborhood you're in, bro, by the writing on the walls. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you want to talk about fundraising? They will sell dope like nobody's business. You know what I mean? To, to raise the money they need. You talk about a leadership pipeline? Endless, bro. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You talk about multiplication? They start clicks all over the place in different cities. So, like, let's not be so quick to just throw. I mean, their, their end goal, right? And their motivation is all wrong. But the process is dope. If the church mm -hmm. could imitate that, it'd be a different thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're yeah. right. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some like me and Sway. We talked about this, right? In past episodes, bro. How these these characteristics that, that you just mentioned, bro, like they they kind of help us like where we're going. It's like right now in the church, you know, I'm thinking about like even the leadership pipeline, right? Like there is discipleship that goes on in, in, in gangs, but also like not just discipleship. But they also comb through everybody to find leaders, right? Because not everybody's at the same level, bro. Like it's it's yeah. different from being just like a like a little peewee on the street to somebody actually like running it, you know? Like calling yeah, the shots. Then, but 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 even then, everybody has a responsibility somewhere along the line. There are there aren't any spectator game members. Everybody's got something to do. Um, oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. there's leadership development that's going on at every level. You know, from 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 the pee wee to the person in probation to the person that's that's fully on. Everybody has a job. Everybody has a responsibility, yep. and yep. that's basic leadership. I just said the word a minute ago. Um, development. development, development, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the similarities is that I see, bro, is 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 gang identification, and uh, gang identification is interesting to me because because even even when I was in LA, you you kind of called it out, Rudy, when when we were at the, we were waiting for the restaurant, and your wife was like, "¿Qué dicen tu en tu cachucha? What does it say on your hat?" 
And I was like, oh, it says Presbyterian. You know, it's like a P, but it says Presbyterian. And and you told her, oh, yeah, es, es, como, es como un cholo, pero cristiano. <laughs> but, but that's real right there, because I think, like, identification for, for gang members is really, really important. So, like, I think some examples of that would be, like, there is certain teams that certain gangs wear because of, of the letter, right? There are certain colors that gangs wear because they want to be identified with that gang, right? Like if you see a whole bunch of dudes walking around with with blue, what do you where you what's the first thought that comes to your mind, you know? When when you have a group of people that are walking around with a whole bunch of red, like what's the first thing you think about, you know? Exactly. So you 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 could go down the color scheme, bro, and there's probably a hood that represents that takes that embraces that and says like this is our identifier, this is our marker, you know? Whether it's cachuchas, whether it's um tattoos, whether it's even hairstyles, bro. You know what I mean? And in some cases no hairstyles, you know, pelon. I think that's like telling of 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 something like deeper. Right, that that that's in human beings, bro. Yeah, it's be, it's belonging to something. It's it's a sense of belonging. Like, why do most gangbangers get involved into a neighborhood? Because they wanted to belong to something. Why did I get in the gang? Because my mom and dad were always busy working, and I wanted just to belong and be accepted somewhere. And the homies mm-hmm. on the street accepted me, so that was my family. You know what I mean? Yep. But we always want to be identified with something. We always want to be connected to something. And we always want to be able to rep something. What we rep is, is is different, but I think the fundamental basis of belonging to something or being accepted by a certain group of people is it's just who we are, you know? Yeah. We were made for community, bro. I think because we are made in the image of God. Started in the Godhead. Yep, exactly. Because we're made in the image of God, right? God is triune. God is not, I don't know if this is heretical, but lonely, you know? You know what I mean? Like he's he's yeah. more than one person. One being yeah. three persons, right? So because there is community yeah. in, in God, we're made in his image, then we long for community. Yeah. One, one of the first things that, that God says is like, man, man shouldn't be alone, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a what? A help me, you know? And that is, yeah, that's all for like procreation, all that. Yeah, but pero, there is the aspect of community, right? Like the family unit. Yeah. That's why it's, it's, it's important for us. And that's why people do it, you know? I, I often say all the time, like, you know, to, to, to some of my white homies, being being involved in gangs isn't 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 what you think it is. It's kind of like like you guys are involved in gangs, and they're like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, did you ever join? Like, were you ever in a sorority? You know, did you ever have a golf membership? Like, did you ever like you know, did you ever join a sports team? You know what I mean? It's that. It's that sense of community. You know, we just." We just involved criminal activities, but it didn't start that way. Yeah, you know? it didn't start with criminal activities. It 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 led it led to that, but it didn't. It didn't start that it way. It Started with the longing to belong, and then that's just what was available. There's this cartoon I posted before, where it has like all the guys from La Onda and blood, blood in, blood out. Yeah, but in cartoon character. And it says, hey, were you in clubs in high school? Yeah, I was in that Mexican club. No, that's a gang, bro. <laughs> no, <laughs> you could put that on your resume, bro. Yes, I was I was involved in a multi-millionaire organization and I helped them. I helped them with zero zero profit margin zero profit margins and I got them to be the you know. Accounts payable. I got I got paid back, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. So as Christians, even us, like we try to get our own identifiers too, bro. I don't know if you guys seen, but there's cars probably in your city that that in the back of the in the back of their car they have that little fish. You know, back in the '90s and early 2000s, there was like a whole bunch of cheesy Christian T-shirts that would rip off all the brands, remix them, and use some cheesy corny Jesus. Some cringe, cringe-worthy stuff, bro. I remember that when I joined, like the second church I ever attended as a as a believer, they gave everyone that became not a member, but because you don't, you didn't really become members then. But just anyone that 
Actually, I think they would just have them. If you went to the church, you would get a sticker. And then everyone had that sticker in the back of their car. So it was like a bumper sticker that identified you with that church. That was a marker, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a church that does that similarly too. But instead of stickers, they have license plates. License plate holders. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm about to say, dang, license plates, man. They, they send us some bread on membership. Now, that is a mega church, though, bro. That church is okay. massive, bro. So, I mean, yeah, they, they, could have, they could have anything they want, really. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of those, those, t- those T-shirts kind of, well, number one, they're cheesy. But number two, they, yeah, they, they point us in, like, our identifiers. But, you know... As we know, Christ has already established like things that are identifiers for us as believers. Amen. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What 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 do you think that those are? The sacraments that He's given us: baptism, the Lord's Supper. So, any Baptist listening right now, they probably will disagree with me. That's okay. Yeah. They can continue to be confused, <laughs> but but it's like from the very beginning when God chose His people, Israel. He gave us something to distinguish us, or I mean them back then from the rest of the world, right? And and that was circumcision, you know? Mm. And and it was a very exclusive administration of the covenant in which it was only for the male Jews, right? Given to them on the eighth day of birth, right? Uh, it didn't mean they were saved. It didn't mean they had faith. It was just a visible identifier as belonging to God. That was their cheesy, I'm not trying to, you know, compare it to, to the Lord's sacraments, but it was, that was their identifier, like, you know, the, the sticker that God was talking about or the, or the license plate cover or whatever, you know. And in the New Testament, right, well, we no longer have to have blood cutting ceremonies because Christ finished that on the cross. You know, there, there's no longer for a need for bloodletting. Christ ultimately shed his blood for us. So the new administration of that covenant is baptism. Uh, and in the same way, that circumcision was a visible marker for God's people. So now baptism is, you know, baptism isn't salvific. It, it, it doesn't even prove that the person's a true believer because I've seen many a grown adult, you know mm. what I mean? Profess faith in Christ, get baptized, and then walk away from the faith and apostatize. You know what I'm saying? But it's a visible identifier as belonging to God's covenant people, which is why we baptize our babies hashtag baptize your babies because it's a visible sign right it's a visible sign like we're placing this sign this mark on them you know as belonging to god's visible people they they should be able to reap temporary benefits for belonging to god's covenant family you know and i say temporary because unless they profess faith on their own they grow up and truly believe then that they won't have the the, the true eternal benefit right of, of salvation mm. but i think of people like if you're uh, like an over here it's like all oh, raiders 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 like it's all about the raiders you know people get pregnant and they have kids and one of the first thing they do is they buy the baby like a little raiders cachorron you know yep. what i mean a yep. little raiders onesie and then you know it's like why you let the kid grow up to pick whatever team he wants to be like why you got to claim that for him now Yep. I mean, that's like a classic reform perspective. We're like, we are claiming this child as a child of the covenant. We're going to mark him with this sign. You know what I mean? So so that's that's an entrance into the covenant, but it's not it's not an affirmation. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and the confirmation of that is at the Lord's Supper, where it is only for his people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got into a, to a, not an argument, just a conversation with a brother who's Baptist, but he believes in paedo communion. I'm like, that that makes no sense, you know? Um, Pedo communion is when kids participate in the supper, the Lord's supper. Yeah, babies. Babies partaking of the supper. Yeah, yeah. Pedo babies, kids, little kids. You know. Yeah, exactly. Some people look at the Lord's supper as an evangelistic event. It's like no, Jesus initiated the Lord's supper with his disciples, and they'll say, "Yeah, but Judas was there," you know. Like, yeah, I get it. But at the time, Judas was still part of the clique. You know, he fell away afterwards, you know. But mm. at the time, he was still doing what, what, mm. what he should have done. All right. All right. That, that that brings such a good thought in my mind right now, bro. Because something that I really did have to learn, like when talking about baptism and like covenant inclusion. And I think we could even relate to this like as like former gang members, because there is there is like you were saying, a visible distinction and an what we would say an invisible distinction. So there is a visible church 
in an invisible church. And what mm -hmm. that means is the visible church is everybody who professes Christ, right? Anybody yeah, everybody that says... See going, everybody see going to church, everybody claiming to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. And then there is the invisible church, which means all those that ha God has predestined before the foundation of the world. All those people that got the invisible E tattooed on their back. Yeah. For example. Yeah. So who are who is the invisible church? Well, nobody really knows, you know, right? We, we don't know... I'm not God and I can't say this guy is is uh, the elect, right? We could only judge that based on their outward outward profession or yeah. membership, right? Like they're coming to church, so I'm assuming they're Christians, right? And we treat them as such. We treat them as yeah. they were Christians. And it's kind of like in the hood too, like you know, like there's people who there's people who kick it who never join, bro. I have homies that never did never join the hood, you know? They just kicked it. They just kicked it tough. And everywhere they went, they were like identified as, oh, no, you're this guy from this this hood. But in reality, he was never in. He never he never got in. Right. There was officially. People, yeah, officially. And there was also people that got in, bro. And they just got whatever. If it was just for the chicks or for the status or for whatever, bro, like they got in, got jumped in, did the thing. And then we never saw him. Just faded away. Yeah. Are they in the hood or they're not in the hood? Like, well, technically they are, but they haven't been here. So. Like, what do we do with them, you know? Yeah. So I think that just comes out again to a different perspective on, on what baptism is. You know, well, when a cradle Baptist or brother or sister say, you know, you know, professing believers, like, yeah, amen, we, we agree with that. 100%. 100%. But but their children should also be included in the covenant. What, what is to distinguish our children? I mean, because we're talking about identifying marks, something, you know, what is to distinguish our children from the children of the heathens down the street? It's baptism. Outside of that, like there is no distinction between our kids. You know what I mean? So to, to, to me, it's a big deal. That's why I'm, that's why I'm always banging that hard because I want people to really understand. You know, Jesus said, "Let the little children come to me." You know what? <laughs> that's I'm why turning into, I'm turning into a different episode or what? No, no, that's why. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's why. That's why Rudy, because you said this is this on my bang hard, and I'm like, that's why Rudy is making this episode into an infant baptism. <laughs> Thing. Right, I'm sorry. I apologize. Rebuke me, fellas. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's good. I mean, I think I'm, 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 I'm listening. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and sway. This isn't this is to convince you, sway. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. You know, I just, I just don't. I don't like it when people, when they're really quick to say papacy or that's Catholic or whatever, but they didn't really study. Like they, they just go with the flow because it's a common evangelical-ish accepted thing, but they never really studied. And it's like to me. The, the, the word of God is so important, bro, that, that we need to study and land somewhere. You may not know, but study it and then and then land somewhere. Right. And whatever you believe, know why you believe it. And back yeah. it up right. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm listening and I'm comparing what you're saying is and, and it's true. Like what you what you're expressing is that baptism is is a sign. And it's That's an identifier, it. and it's, yeah. it's something deeper than what I. So, so me being a, a cradle Baptist would would say baptism is is a sign that to a believer that that that, that believes that consciously knows that he's a sinner and he's repenting of his sins and now he wants to change his life, right? And he's going to get baptized to show everybody as a sign that he is taking yeah. that, that, that he's taking the Lord seriously and he's and that he wants to change his life. So he wants to bury his old self with 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 Christ and rise to new life in in Christ. So it, we do look at it way differently. Yeah, and, I, and, and I'm just taking it all I would, in. I would, I would, I would amen that. So I'm like, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that view. In Genesis 17:7, the Lord told Abraham, "I will be a God to you and to your children." And this is an everlasting covenant. Like there ain't nothing going to break that covenant. It's an everlasting covenant, you know. And if we are, if Abraham is our father, the way the Bible tells us in both the Old and New Testament, then Abraham is our father, not not Moses, but but Abraham. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and and we are children of that covenant, you know. Yeah, and I think even with Abraham, he is the example of what you just said, like what you just articulated. So Abraham was a pagan Gentile that came from, you know, pagan family, right? But mm -hmm. God chose him, and he started following God. So God he said believed, he believed and was circumcised. Yeah, he believed, like he really believed with all his heart. He made he 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 believed God. And then God told him, all right, now go get circumcised. So, then, But then here's the thing. But then his son got circumcised and his son didn't have faith yet. 
So it's it's a both end. It's not an either or. It's a both end. You know. Mm. That that actually makes sense. So 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 there's there's my question of the of the belief. There's mm-hmm. a belief piece yeah. where 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 I I have a hard time connecting the the old test the, the old testament with what what the new testament says about baptism with what the old testament says about circumcision. Colossians. Whereas, Colossians two eleven twelve it connects them. How so? Uh, yeah, yeah. How so? Pull, you want me to read? You want me to read it to you? Pull it up, bro. <laughs> In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him to the faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And they're in the same. You have the comparison with circumcision. In baptism, anybody that you ask, what's the sign of the new covenant, Pedro or Credo, they will all tell you it's baptism. Anybody you ask, what is the sign of the Old Testament, everybody will tell you it's circumcision, right? So we all know that that was the Old Testament administration. This is the New Testament administration. If the children of the believers were given this sign and seal of God's covenant people in the Old Testament, And all of a sudden, in the New Testament, that's not to be the case anymore. That's a pretty significant thing. And there should be somewhere in Scripture that says, but no more babies. Like, up to here, no no more babies, right? And and it's it's not. It never says in Scripture that's been abrogated, that's been stopped, that it's ceased. So the children should have always been included uh, in the covenant. They were were never kicked out, you know? So Mm -hmm. that sign should be given to all believers, both young and old, right? And as as parents, we have that responsibility to truly disciple our kids. We take we take family worship really seriously around here, bro. Like when I get together with all these cats that we've been discipling, Jonathan, you talked about our Orange County crew and San Bernardino, like, have you been leading family worship? You know, what are you guys studying? What are you guys singing? Because it starts at home. You know, we can't just be t- talking about it and not, and not really being about it. So our children must be raised up in the faith that when they are old, they will not depart. You know. Thank you so much for that explanation, brother. That is very good, and I will take that into consideration <laughs> as I continue to study the scriptures. Yeah, I got some good resources for you too, Sway. Like, if you ever like for real legit want to like look into it, I'd be happy to give you some some resources that dudes way smarter than me that can explain it better than me. You know, I'm a visual learner, so I like watching videos and stuff. But yeah, and then you just wherever you land, just know why you're there. You know what I mean? So why is God's visible signs, baptism and the Lord's Supper, why are they important, bro? Why are they important? I mean, there means, like, there, there means it's not just a, it's not just a sign also, but it's also a means of grace. It's a way that it's there are things that God has given us to experience him more fully. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's something tangible. You've been at our church on when we when we officiate the Lord's Supper every Sunday, like we make a really big deal about it, you know, because it is a really big deal. The Lord Jesus yeah. says you know, take, eat, this is my body, this is my blood, you know, this this is done for you, for the forgiveness of sin. And it's, a, you guys know all the differences with, with, with the Lord's Supper, with communion? What do you mean, all the differences? The different, the different perspectives on, on what it is. Oh, the transubstantiation. Yeah. So in, in Roman Catholicism, yeah, exactly, in Roman Catholicism, Caro, they would hold a mass, which is essentially like a funeral service, it's a sacrifice where, where they would Resacrifice Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we're not crucifying him. He already did it. So now we're not doing it for him. We are receiving from him now, right? Mm-hmm. So Roman Catholics will believe that in transubstantiation, what Sway said, that, that the bread and the juice or wine like physically convert and, 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 and change into the flesh and body. I mean, and, and the blood of the Lord Jesus, which oh. is gross. It's gross. Two, it's like like you're 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 re-crucifying him again. You don't need to do that. When on the cross, mm-hmm. he said, "It is finished." Right? Mm-hmm. Our our Lutheran friends are not as confused, but still somewhat. They <laughs> think that that the Lord Jesus is is still physically present in the elements. It doesn't quite change into the physical body, body and blood of the Lord, but somehow in over and through is what the, the verbiage they use that the Lord Jesus is present in the elements. It's a mystery, mm-hmm. but it happens. Huh? They the would what? say it's a mystery, but it happens. Yeah. Like they can't, and, they can't, yeah. they can't define or explain like the Roman Catholics that it physically yeah. transforms or 
yeah. becomes, but they say it happens, like physically present in the in the yeah. bread in the wine. And then in the reform view, like you'll have the Swinglian view, which is just you know it just it's done as a memorial, right? In some churches, they just take it very lightly. Oh yeah, by the way, on the way out, grab the juice, grab some, grab a cracker, and like it's like no, bro, this is a big deal. The Lord Jesus instituted this for His people that we would come and in faith meet Him spiritually in the elements spiritually but spiritual presence Israel presence when you come to the table in faith you will meet the Lord Jesus you should be spiritually nourished it's such a big deal that 1 Corinthians 11 tells us that we got to examine ourselves before we partake you know and then it gives an example of what's happened to people who haven't examined themselves and partaken unworthily someone got sick and died yep. you know yep. so it, it's a big deal and that is for the people that that are so for us baptism is the the sign and seal of God's covenant the baptism i mean the the lord's supper is for those who have professed Christ those who are uh following the lord Jesus those who can examine themselves and 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 ask for forgiveness and and mm-hmm. yeah and come to come to the table in, in a worthy manner you know yeah. we always give people a chance you know we do a call of confession and assurance of pardon at the beginning of the service but we always do it one more time as we're ready to partake of the Lord's Supper. We want to make sure everybody's had a chance to just like come clean, like Lord, I'm not worthy, but I give you my sin. You know what I mean? And, yeah, um, yeah. Clean my heart. Let me let me partake in a worthy manner. Yeah, yeah. And I think that those things are important because, like you said, they're tangible things. So that's what this this episode is pretty much telling you. So this episode is telling you that God Himself has given you visible things. For you to grasp, he did. He didn't just give you cheesy T-shirts. Like he actually gave you physical things. Whether number one, like to identify yourself, he gave baptism as like what Sway was saying. Like somebody believes in the Lord Jesus, and what's the first things that they do? You know, they they're baptized. They they're excited to do that. They want to identify with the people of God. You know, mm-hmm. he gave us the bread and the wine, which is. Rudy said earlier, it's like a confirmation of what has already happened. So I think like the the distinction between the Old Testament saints and us is that the Old Testament saints also had signs and seals, circumcision. They had the Passover lamb. They had all these these signs and seals that were given to them. And all those signs and seals were pointing to Christ. So they were trusting in God and looking forward to the one who was to come through those things. We, as New Testament believers, are going, are looking back. So through these things, through the Lord's Supper, we're looking back at what Christ did on the on the cross. Through baptism, we do see death and resurrection and pointing back to the gospel. So one of the things that I've, I really appreciated going to RCLA, to your church, Rudy, is that I think it was twice that it happened. I remember you put a little thing of water like yeah, yeah. In, in the pew yeah. and, and you say and you said this, bro, like I never seen it. And I never heard it, but it was just so impactful, bro. And people probably think it's like, man, this is weird. But but it, it was it was just powerful because you said like he's like, look, this is the this is water. Like dip your hand in this water and remember your baptism. And I'm like, remember my baptism. You know, I was thinking, thinking that and like, bro, like literally on the way home, I was thinking about those words and what you were saying. And then like it kind of c- clicked. Explain why you do that, bro. I'll let you, you know, explain. It. A lot of people come to church like just with a heavy heart, right? Kicking themselves in the butt, beating themselves up, easily ready to forgive everybody in the world, but they can't forgive themselves. Right. God forgave us from doing stupid stuff. but We can't forgive ourselves. So we don't know what people are like. Well, how they're coming to church, you know? So we always want to make sure we point them to the cross, tell them that in Christ they're forgiven after they've confessed their sins, you know? That in Christ, you know, we're forgiven of our sins. And as we come to the Lord's Supper, right, some people could still feel unworthy, like, man, you know, I, I did this, I treated my wife bad, I yelled at my son, I did this, I did that. Um, and people will, will tend to identify with all of our mistakes. We identify with our dumb bonehead decisions, you know what I'm saying, with all the negative stuff. And we can forget that our true identity is no longer in the past. Our identity is in Christ and what he's done, you know. And what is the symbol of that identity? It's baptism. So I would tell people as we do the Lord's Supper, we would have the baptismal font up at the front. 
and just run our hands through the water like why as you come up to partake of the lord's supper feel free to run your hand through the baptismal font and remember your baptism because that's where your identity lies in christ you know you're, you're, you're you shouldn't be identified with the mistakes you've made in the past your identity is in christ so feel free to run your hands through the the baptismal font we don't do it now because of covid you know what i mean but because they can get creepy with all the the bacteria and the viruses everybody dipping their hand in the same water you know what i mean but it was a beautiful thing like johnson said people would come and they just run their hands through the water bro and remember you know some of our catholic such some of our catholic people that you know raised culturally catholic would get the water and then said persinaba and i'm like <laughs> i'm like whatever you know what i mean if, if nothing else we can start helping you know change that culture but what were you saying sway Bro, that's such a that's that's so refreshing to, to to hear that perspective to remember our baptism as as somebody who was baptized as a young young man. That phrase definitely helps me to to to, to or reminds me rather to remember that that I, I'm not my own. I, I'm I'm not. It's that not sounds very reformed, bro. Heidelberg Heidelberg Catechism question one. Right. <laughs> what, is your, what is your only comfort in life and death? But, yeah, I'm my own. I belong to God. To my faithful Savior, life and death, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, at, at the crib here, we we, we we listen to something a little light. We, we listen to to, to 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 New City Catechisms at, at the crib for the kid. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? I think it has the but, same question though. I think the same question one. It, it's it, it is the same question, but it's it's short. The the answer is a little shorter. You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's, it's a good start. Yeah, it's fresh, man. I have a question. So, in thinking about the episode, I was a little confused, be- or not confused, but I just don't know the difference between the sacraments and the means of grace. So, there's only how many sacraments are there? Baptism. I, won't hold it all, I won't hold it against all if you get it wrong. Dun dun dun. Baptism and the Lord's Supper? Booyah, two, right? But the means of grace, how, what are other ways that you experience God more? Fellowship, like the, the preaching of the, of the word, communion of the saints, yeah. Preaching of the word. Prayer, worship, mm-hmm. right? Bible study, like all those things are means of grace. It's not just the, the Lord's Supper and baptism, those are definitely means of grace. But there are mm-hmm. other ways in which we experience God more fully. You know, Bible study, worship, corporate worship, the fellowship of the saints. You know, these are things that help us experience God more fully. Those are things that God has given us to experience his grace more fully. The so. sermon. The sermon is a means of grace. The preaching, the preaching of, the of the word. Sitting under the preached word. Amen. Yeah. So then would the sacraments be considered a means of grace? Yes. Oh, okay. It, it, it's something that 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 we use or do in order to be able to experience God's grace more fully, right? Can you really experience God's grace without reading His Word? No. Can you really experience God's grace? I mean, we're ta- I'm talking about not, I'm not talking about common grace, right? Where like the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, but but like but God's God's grace for His people. You know, we get that through through reading His Word, through through meditating. On the word, not like um, not like that, you know, but like, but truly chewing on the word after we've read it to see mm. how God will continue to speak to us through that, you know. Mm. Um, I journal, I journal, so I, I read it and then I pray on it and then I write about it because the more I go over the scripture, the more that it'll stay in me and I experience God more fully. Mm. Praying. You know, like definitely connect with God and experience his grace through through prayer, you know. So all these are things that we use sitting under the preached word, you know, corporate worship, lifting holy hands and and and, and singing at the top of our lungs. And, and I don't know about y'all, but there's so many times that I'll be worshiping. I'll get a knot in my throat or get tears well up in my eyes. Just just when I remember how good God actually is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How is the Lord's Supper a means of grace? So how do we experience God? We need the Lord Jesus himself spiritually in the elements. The Lord Jesus said, do this as often uh, as you need, right? Do this in memory memory of me, you know? Mm -hmm. But he says, this is my body. 
this is my blood. And we know that he cannot be physically dispersed in 36 million different spots on a Sunday morning, right? As people do communion. But we know that God is, is, is omnipresent and he's everywhere spiritually. But when we come to the table in faith, with faith, right? Not just like, a, you know, oh, there's a bread, there's a juice, boom, 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 you know what I mean? Like, no, but when we come to the table in faith and remember exactly how important and significant it is that the Lord gave this to us, like, you can't help but not experience him more fully. You can't mm-hmm. help but not remember. Can I tell on myself real quick? Go ahead. The previous church I was at when I was on staff before we got sent out to plant RCLA, there was about six services on the Lord's Day, and I would be at all of them. And I'm on staff, right? So um, I would be at every service. So that means that whenever they did communion once a month, I did communion like six or seven times. And it was like, you know, partake, you know, eat, drink, eat, drink, eat, drink, eat, drink. And it just became monotonous. It became routine. It became something that I like, did like seven times a day. Mm. But I'll never forget in the seminary, in the class I was taking, and my professor was the one that just drilling into us, right? On, on the sacraments, on the sacraments, on the sacraments. And the professor, bro, when we were talking about baptism, like they would just get water and just start splashing water all over the place, like throwing it. I was like, remember your baptism? Like, this is who you are in Christ. And I was like, hey, fool, like you getting me all wet, you know? But, <laughs> but it's like, it was a big deal. Like Martin Luther used to say, I am baptized, mm, yep. you know, I am baptized. Mm-hmm. So it was a really big deal. And I remember that at the end of the week at our intensives in Holland, Michigan, this professor is the one that initiated the Lord's Supper. And they had drilled it into me so much that week that for the very first time, I think ever, I experienced the Lord's Supper in a different way. And I and I cried. I cried. You know, that's where we started using. You guys know what intention is? Intention, yeah, in, intention, intention. Oh, so no. not not everybody's not everybody's with it. Um, some people are down with it. Some people aren't. It's when you, God, you guys used to do that. The what? Huh? I said, God, oh, you you guys used to do that. It's where you rip a piece of bread and dip it in the cup and then partake. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's intention. We don't do it for theological reasons. Like, oh no, we got to do it like this. Some people will say, oh, you can't. You're not really drinking. You know, you're not really wow. you can't be doing that. You're not drinking. <laughs> it's like, well, how wet does a bread have to be before you can actually drink it? Right? But for Are us, it was like, I'm dead serious. For us, it was the intimacy of one bread and one cup, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jonathan, you were at our church before COVID, we would do that. We would have like a big old loaf of bread, like a big old piece of bread. And then we had two big old cups, one with wine, with vino, and the other one with juice. And there's something about the intimacy of the Lord Jesus with his disciples and the one bread and the one cup. So we we mimic that, right? And and it's just something about watching my professor rip a piece of bread, dip it in the cup of wine, and just partake and just like watching everything they had taught me all week, like being like that was the, the culminating point right there. And I and I just I wept. I went and I was like, man, this is such a big deal. I can't believe I would do this six times on a Sunday and never have like really focused on what it was we were doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's that's kind of what like the Lord's Supper should mean to us when we're believers. Mm-hmm. Like really remember what the Lord I, well, how do we refer to Corinthians eleven? On the night before the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread when he had broke it, he had given it to his disciples and said, Take this and eat, right? Yeah. I'm saying like yep. that's a big deal, yep. and he's inviting yeah, us as believers to partake of the same supper. And that's why like taking the Lord's supper grows you because it is the physical gospel. It's actual food, but it's spiritual food also. You know, it feeds you, it strengthens your faith. Why? How does it strengthen your faith? Well, because you're not thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about your sins that you committed. You're thinking about you're thinking about what the God has done. What yeah. God has done on the cross through his son and how you are reconciled to him. So mm-hmm. how is how is baptism means of grace? Well, because just like Rudy said, we remember who we are. Who are you? Where are you from, fool? Where are you from? Who are you? Who do you identify with? Well, you know, I read my Bible all the time and like I, you know, I wear Christian t-shirts now, bro. It's like I am baptized, like Martin Luther said. I am baptized. That's who I am. It isn't because I chose to be, but it's this, it's what God did to me. It it so I think. One of the distinctions that we make is 
baptism is, isn't so much something that you do for God, right? It's not so much a profession that you're making or a decision you're making. The way we view baptism is something that God is declaring on you. It's about what Christ did. What Christ did. did. How, what Christ did. That's your identity. Not your own choosing is your identity. No, it's what Christ did for you. Christ did for you. You know, he was buried and he was raised. That's reality, you know. We all were baptized under even the Old Testament believers. It was a sign to say, hey, this is what God has promised, right? Circumcision was something pointing forward. Baptism is something that's pointing backwards. So mm. when we when we when we talk about our, our identifiers, I think that's something that we should identify ourselves with. Right. Remember your can baptism. You guys, can I read you guys something? Y'all know I'm a three forms unity guy, right? Um, and the, the Belgic Confession says this in Article 35 about the Lord's Supper. It says that referencing the Lord's Supper says this banquet is a spiritual table at which Christ communicates himself to us with all his benefits. At the table, he makes us enjoy himself as much as the merits of his suffering and death, as he nourishes, strengthens, and comforts our poor, desolate souls by the eating of his flesh and relieves and renews them by the drinking of the blood. Moreover, through the sacraments and the things signified are joined together. Not all receive both of them. It talks about the wicked person receiving condemnation, but does not receive the truth of the sacrament. Just as Judas and Simon the sorcerer both indeed received the sacrament, but not Christ, who was signified by it. He is communicated only to believers. Mm. And I think, think about that. Re, re, he's, he's nourishing our desolate souls. You know? So. Damn. I love that. I love that. Bro. Bro. <laughs> That's deep, bro. That's deep. So the last segment that we have here is called Theology for Your Back Pocket. And what that is, it's it's just like a quick summary of everything that we've been talking about. The main point that we've been trying to say. And it's something that we want to live, leave the listeners to take home and to put it in their pocket and like dwell on it throughout the week. So since you are our, our guest and you kind of summarized it so well, we're, we're going to leave the theology for your back pocket uh, f- for you, Rudy. What is something out of this whole conversation? <laughs> what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, it's, just, it's just remember, remember that God is a God of covenants, right? He's given us, he's given us signs that we belong to this covenant, which are the, the sacrament of baptism and the Lord's Supper, right? However you view them, whether you're paedo or credo or, or, you know, know that these are visible means that God has given us to be identified as, as his people, you know? And we should look at them with honor. We should look at them with reverence. And we should know what they mean and, and why God has given, given them to us and what they represent, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And when we wear them, we should wear them with pride. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, right? when he belongs to a certain company or or works for you know a specific team or whatever, on Christ and his identifying marks on us, which is baptism, mm-hmm. and coming to the Lord's Supper, knowing that our desolate, poor souls need to be renourished mm-hmm. by every week. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is theology for the back, your back pocket. Dang, bro. With that one tucked. Dang. That's good, bro. Well, thank you so much, bro, for for coming on here and blessing us with that knowledge, bro. Blessing us with, with, with that reminder, bro. That's why we wanted to do this episode, you know, I think, because we mm-hmm. all need to be reminded of, 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 of these things because... Like you were saying, they become so mundane. Like we kind of, we're doing this again. Like this is just something we do once a month yeah. or every week. Like this is just like. Take a it off the list. Yep. Yeah. But we miss, oftentimes yeah. miss what it really means, you know? And yeah. I think like we talked about Martin Luther, like he, he said, like when the devil spits at your face, that you're a sinner, blah, 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 that you failed God. Like you just respond to him and say, I am baptized. I am baptized. Exactly. I am baptized. 
And and that mm. means exactly what we just explained, you know, that you belong yeah. to him, that you, you're you not your own. So, Amen. All right, Amen. bro. So how could people I'm find great, you? I'm grateful for you guys. I thank you guys for, for um, inviting me on. May the Lord continue to use you and bless you and use you for his glory, that this platform, big or small, would always be ultimately to honor him. So I'm grateful for you guys. I'm thankful for our friendship, grateful for what lo- the Lord is doing through your lives uh, and your ministries, man. Thanks, bro. Same. Thank you, and if you guys want to follow him, follow uh, the Reformed Church of Los Angeles on all platforms, right? How, how do they follow you, follow your church, follow what you're doing, bro? Yeah, so it's, you know, Reformed Church of L.A. on Facebook or, or Instagram. I think on Twitter we had to, like, take a couple letters out because it was too many. <laughs> um, Reformed Church, you know, Reformed Church of L.A., Reformed Church of Los Angeles on YouTube. Our sermons are there. You know, they could follow me at I forget, Rudy Rubio on, on YouTube with, you know, my podcasts and stuff. And they could follow me on Hood Grace on any Hood Grace podcast on any, you know, podcast platform. Hood Grace. Follow them. All right. So with that being said, this is for Christy Cultura. Thank you for listening. Peace. Hey, should be back to normal soon. Hey, hey, hold up. Be cool. Here we come. I just got saved last night. I let the Lord in my heart's door. Man, I never knew a love like this before. No more pain, no more life being bound. I want to tell the world about the love I found. Then I look around. Seems like many are against me. I cannot tell who's a friend or an enemy. It's getting me mad because these are ones that I would ride for. I gave my life for and even ones I'll die for. Oh Lord, give me the strength to let them understand that I'm not the same egg, I'm a changed man. It was your plan July 20th, 1997. The day you took me from the devil and opened up the heavens and reached your hand out and came into my heart. Forgave my sins and gave me a new start. Now it ain't gonna stop. Many will hate me because of you. But forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I remember when we was two brothers of the same mind. Same life, same path, same rhyme. You want to come up while I continue to fall. Didn't see what you saw, feel what you felt at all. Heard you got saved, didn't know what to think. Gotta be a face. You'll be back in a couple weeks. But it was real, Jesus got a hold of your soul and ain't about to let go. That's for sure. Late night drinking in the studio, no more.